Hey, Jan, it's NBA Australia. It is Friday. 2GIF, am I right? November 26. Happy Thanksgiving to all those in uh, the US of A. What's going on? I'm James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for Rolling Stone, Triple J, whoever else wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Armour Studios hanging out. Giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season. Uh, while repping Australia a bit, that's what we do, isn't it? And we don't take things too seriously around here. We leave that for the nerds. God, they love serious stuff. Where was the percentage of where we took that shot? Shut up. Uh, super chill Thanksgiving Day today. No games to talk about. So what we're going to do instead is we'll do our quarter season power ranking slash what every team should be thankful for. Basically, we're going to talk about every team very quickly. It's, we're almost a quarter of the way through this season. We're almost at 20 games for everybody. Uh, we'll throw in a couple of year nars, and then we'll just preview the big weekend ahead for you. Maybe even a bit of a cooking with Bainsy at the end. Maybe a bang of Thanksgiving. I don't know yet. We'll see how we're doing. <laughs> Flying loose here in NBA Australia today. Loving it. Let's get into it. Episode 707 of NBA Australia. Let's go. All right, support for NBA Australia is brought to you by Manscaped. That's the uh, men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world out there looking after your pain. Uh, Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and your family. Like my old mate. My, well, my old man. There you go. I got him one for his 60th. He loves it. Uh, and they just launched the fourth-generation trim, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Australia and New Zealand. And uh, he's just joined over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And... Uh, I'll tell you what, I use this offer. The 20% off and free worldwide shipping in the code Australia. How good's that? Over at manscaped.com. Uh, but before that, I was one of the first folks to uh, try out the 4.0 and I love it. Absolutely love it. So the best part about Manscaped is you've got Chrissy coming up. You've got plenty and plenty and plenty of chances to buy some produce. Off you go. There's men's grooming products. It's not just the lawnmower. You've got the plow. You've got the whipper snipper. You've got everything. It's great. So go check it out. Uh, I'll tell you what though, the lawnmower, it's got a light, it's wireless, wireless charging, it's cordless obviously, and then it's like the house here, no nicks, absolutely no bloody nicks, because it's got the skin safe technology, the advanced skin safe technology, because of their cutting edge ceramic blade, I love it, you won't stop using it, it's just great. The light makes a big difference too. So, look, if you've been shaving your face with the same trimmer you use on your nuts and vice versa, that's gross. Grow up, get your own ball hair and body hair trimmer with Manscaped to make meat time the best time and get some nice smooth boyo. So 20% off and free shipping with the code straight at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you and so will anybody who gets anywhere near them. And that's what it's all about as well this holiday season. So 20% off and the free shipping with the code STRAYER at manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code STRAYER. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. This is Matthew Delvedover and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the Shaq attack. Ah, uh, you better, especially if you're uh, some of Shaq's family. 
great little moment talking about Thanksgiving Day and the sides and everything and how uh, some parts of his family were without teeth and uh, how they uh, rolled with uh, dinner rolls rather than the old cornbread. <laughs> you got 25 points? What are you going to get 25 points for? Ah, oh, it's just brilliant. I love Shaq. Just, what a legend. Anyway, let's start today's show the way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a bit of a daily whip round. Oh, yeah. Uh, legit, everyone's on holidays at the moment, so uh, no real news. The last two-minute report from yesterday of the uh, Pacers-Lakers game came out and turns out Avery Bradley fouled Chris Duarte on his game-tying three. So really, the Lakers maybe probably should have lost, which is pretty funny. Uh, speaking of which, that LeBron fracas that happened with the fans where he got a couple of fans tossed out and they did the crybaby face. Uh, s- still not real official word about what they were saying, but... There's a couple of reports saying that they were saying shit like, I hope Bronny dies in a car wreck and uh, making chicken noises at him and a bunch of weird shit. Apparently they had been asked a bunch of different times to shut the fuck up. And, uh, but yeah, saying that I hope your son dies in a car wreck is fucking horrible. So yeah, that's crossing the line. Off you go. Uh, and the last little bit of news, like that's kind of it. Um, I think there'll be a lot more popping off as of tomorrow once uh, everybody sort of gets back into the swing of things. Um, but again, one of the great times in a, in the USA is around Thanksgiving. That Friday, if you're working, like it's an absolute mugs game. It's like if you're in Melbourne and you're kind of like, ah, cup day. It's a Tuesday. If you're made to work on Monday, it's the fucking worst. But anyway, yeah, Thanksgiving Friday, everyone fucks off for the long weekend. Off you go. Pretty gnarly, so... I don't think there'll be too much breaking stuff going on. But the last little bit about Ben Simmons. Uh, we mentioned the broke story floating around Philly at the moment, which is fucking hilarious. Oh, he's got cash for his problems, man. That's why he's trying to sell his houses and shit, eh? Yes, because I'm sure he's broke. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, chatting with a mate at the pub last night, though. It's like, yeah, just, you know, thinking about that, though. You've just bought a $17.5 million place in LA. You've got a couple of other places. You've got property taxes. You've got your agent and management fees. You're paying off a big mortgage. And you're getting fined and not getting paid at your job. Better hope you've got some uh, cash squirreled away there, Benny. What do you reckon? Go back to Brick Lane. All right. So with no game wraps today, what do you reckon? Should we do... Aww. It's our power rankings for the quarter season and what every team should be thankful for. Yeah, it's going to be fun on the bun. I'll tell you what, today's been a bit of a uh, fun one. I've just sort of been chilling out, watching the football and, uh, you know, saluting me familiar. Salute me familiar. I love it. Uh, But with all this in mind, let's do a bit of a... uh, Power rankings. That's right, the power rankings for the quarter season. Um, Most teams are sort of sitting at that... Rough kind of, I don't know, 18, 19 games mark. So we're basically, you know, quarter of the way, which is horrifying to think about. You're like, Jesus Christ, it's going quick. But anyway, uh, number one, the number one team so far, quarter season. (sighs) And basically, this is the way I look at these ones right now, as of today. Who am I most afraid of to play right now? That's my power ranking. And number one, I've got fucking Phoenix. The Phoenix Suns. That's right, ahead of Golden State. So Phoenix have won 14 straight. They should be number one. 14 straight is a lot of games. The thing is, they've done all of that with Booker. Uh, So Devin Booker and Michael Bridges, not exactly lighting up. Bridges is like going through a bit of a shooting slump. 
not hitting like the heights that we're kind of used to. So they're number one. They won 14 in a row, and two of their best players aren't playing anywhere near as well as we know they can, which is pretty gnarly. So uh, basically what Phoenix should be thankful for is that they're playing so well, and if you're the owner, old fucking Bobby Sava, how thankful are you that your team has fucking turned this around and absolutely lighting everybody on fire, making everybody forget about all the Robert Savas a fucking piece of shit stories that came out like three weeks ago. It's amazing, isn't it? How thankful is he? But um, as a team, they're just going to be thankful that this is year two of the CP3 experience, right? Because that's what it's all coming down to. CP3 orchestrating this team, getting comfortable with his teammates. Monty Williams, the coach, knowing all of his dudes better and having everybody available to play their roles. And that's what Phoenix are doing better than just about anybody. you got the bench cams, Johnson and Payne. Bring the bone. Uh, you got Frank the Tank. Like, Jay Crowder. He's out there. He's going to get his first shot of the game off. Off he goes. But they're just kind of doing the damn thing. DeAndre Ayton comes back, and uh, they just keep winning. And they're winning because of team basketball. It's not Booker scored 40 and we lost. Those are the old vibes. Now you got CP3. It gets a bit hairy down the stretch sometimes. CP3 takes over. You saw it the other day against the Cavs. And oh, off they go. So they've got to be thankful that they've got Chris Paul still <laughs> and that the Robert Sava thing hasn't overshadowed this amazing start to the season. Number two, that's Golden State because they are, they've got the best uh, record in the league. They're 16 and 2. So Phoenix are 15 and 3. But remember, Phoenix were 1 and 3. And this is who I'm more afraid of to play right now. And Phoenix are just terrifying. So Golden State are amazing as well. They should be thankful that despite only having the best defense in the NBA and the second-best offense, they still have world-renowned weirdo legend and all-round nice guy Clay Thompson coming back to save them. That's right. The best defense and the second-best offense in the league is adding Clay Thompson. That's fucking horrifying for the rest of the league. And Golden State are going to be like wildly thankful that oh, they've done pretty well treading water. Uh, and also, they should be thankful for Steph Curry being good. And on his way to another MVP, probably. Uh, also, that Draymond Green decided to play basketball well again. Pretty thankful for that. And also that Jordan Poole turned himself into a mini clay. I'd be thankful for that, too. Number three, Brooklyn. Fat man hoop, Brooklyn clan. That's right. They should be thankful that James Harden is playing himself into shape. No, they should be thankful that Patty Mills isn't a fucking lunatic like Kyrie Irving. And that Patty Mills actually cares about other people enough and his team to get fucking vaccinated because he's been absolutely indispensable for the Nets so far this year. He's been better than Joe Harris, BT dubs. So once they move him into the starting lineup, Patty starts lighting it up. Meanwhile, Brooklyn is sitting there going, paying an absolute fucking fortune to this absolute fucking dipshit Kyrie Irving who's like, oh, I don't know about those vaccine mandates. Open your third eye. Fuck off, idiot. If you gave a fuck about other people... Maybe you'd get vaccinated, you dipshit. Patty Mills, noted smart bloke, is like, you know what? That's a good good reason enough for me is to protect other people and help my team. I'll get vaccinated, and therefore, you know, if I do get COVID, it'll lessen the effects on me and on others. I'm not a fucking selfish cunt like fucking Kyrie Irving. So Brooklyn should be very thankful. They made the right decision this offseason and signed Patty Mills. Number four, the Chicago Bulls. This is a weird one. I put the Bulls a bit high, but... And I sort of went back and forth with uh, who I've got at number five. But the Bulls, 
They're twelve and seven. They dropped a uh, couple of games here, but they had just come off a pretty like they get beaten by the Rockets. That's fine. It was on a back to back. They got jumped early. You know, it's a bit of a shit one. Uh, they got absolutely shit pumped by the Pacers, but they had just come through like an absolutely torrid stretch. So I kind of almost legacyed the Bulls in here a little bit, but I usually wouldn't do that. But they've been so good so much of this season that Chicago should be thankful for the White Mamba, Alex Caruso, and obviously all the other acquisitions, but mostly they should be thankful that it's no longer fucking Gar, Paxson, uh, Gar, Pax, right? So uh, Gar Foreman and John Paxson running the front office. They've got their guy, Arturis Karnasovas, in there. And they should be thanking their goddamn lucky stars that they finally moved on from Garpax. Because this is the result. You've got DeMar DeRozan, they've got Lonzo, they've got Caruso. And they, they let Lowry, that's a girl's name, Markin and walk. And they very clearly, in putting this to get this team together around Vooch, around Zachy Adam Cakes, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, they saw something that a front office that few others did. They're like, this will work. Caruso is that adaptable. DeMar... Lonzo, Levine, they can all handle the ball a little bit. Vooch can stretch out the floor. He can also play make a little bit. And then it'll sort of all come together. And so far, it's looked great. So far, so good. Chicago, should be thankful you got new dudes in charge. Number five, the Milwaukee Bucks. That's right, the Bucks. They won five on the trot. They're 11 and 8. But more importantly, they should be thankful that, like, A, they're getting healthy and B, that Giannis is an absolute fucking mad dog who won a title, looked around and went, fuck it, let's do it again. It's amazing. He's out there talking about Oreos and shit, but he's, either way, he works harder than literally anybody else. And you add that to the fact that they're getting healthier and they're just basically set up to dominate the rest of the season. Uh, five on the trot now. Point differential's going up, so they're kicking the shit out of teams again. And they're 11-8 and eight after all the shit they've gone through. They're fucking laughing. And Milwaukee are a little bit horrifying now. So just saying. There you go. Number six, the Utah Yaz. It's a soft J. They should be thankful that uh, despite some odd up and downs so far this season, Joe Ingles is struggling with his shot now. Not later because you know it's going to come good and it's going to get better. Uh, they also should be thankful that they've cornered the uh, market on NBA Rudy's. They've got Gobert. They've got Gay. Maybe they should try to get Rudy Fernandez out of retirement. Just saying. Like Pokemon, got to catch them all. Uh, but Utah, they should just be thankful. They got Jingle and Joe Ingles to keep this team together because they're going through some weird up and ups and downs. They are still twelve and six. They're still fine, uh, but they've sort of scuffled through their last ten. They've gone five and five. A couple of weird losses in there, but you get that on the big jobs. And Utah will be right. They've still got Jingles. Number seven, the Dallas Mavericks. They should be thankful that Luca missed a bit of time. What, Jimmy? What are you talking about? Well, you see, Luca missed that time, and guess what happened? It's extreme Zinger meal. Yeah, Zinger. It gave Zinger the chance to get his game back on track. Um, the chances are, though, we've had like a very limited sample size of them playing back together since Luca came back. You know, all game basically, and the returns were good. So maybe having Luca out for just a little bit of time. Letting Zinger get his confidence back and becoming the supercharged Zingerburger. Supercharged Zingerburger. Then this might set them on track to actually having their two uh, inverted commas stars. Luke is a superstar. Zinger, who fucking knows, right? If we can get them both playing well at one point, the Mavs will be laughing because everything else is sort of built around that. They're sort of Tim Hardaway. Like hopefully the Jalen Brunson ankle isn't too bad. 
they do have a bunch of those sort of wingy dudes like Dorian Finney-Smith, and uh, they should be playing way more Josh Green than they are. But the way they're set up is to sort of maximize all the stuff around those two dudes. And if they're both playing really well, then they'll be awesome. So thankful for Luca, obviously, if you're the Mavs, because you've gone from 20 years of Dirk to hopefully another 20 years of Luca, an absolute superstar. But if you can get Zinger as well, you'd be fucking laughing. Hey, Miami! They should be thankful for the resurgence of Tyler. There goes my hero! Because he's the only guy fucking playing any good at the moment. Um, they seriously needed him to pull that comeback uh, off against uh, Detroit. Then they got killed by Minnesota. But still, uh, they're staying afloat while reworking dudes into the rotation. They keep sort of losing one or two dudes here or there. And then they're working on more blah, blah, blah. And the constant has been like, hero... Looking pretty good. And they'd be fucked if he hadn't bounced back. So, like, the combo of Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, bam! Hero, Dunky Robinson, and uh, PJ Tucker and co. You're like, yeah, cool. Looks great on paper. And even though it feels like they've been scuffling along, they're still 12-7. and seven, Still equal second in the East. So, Miami are fine, but they'd be fucked if Tyler Hero wasn't that good. Number nine, Charlotte! They should be thankful for LaMelo, obviously. But also... Just saying, they should also be really thankful for Terry Rose because Lamelo gets all the pub, but it was Terry Rose. His shot making has won them the last two games, right? Like Gordy Hayward is drowned under the weight of like eighty-seven kids in Thanksgiving. Uh, meanwhile, Terry Rose is just out there dropping bombs everywhere, and Lamelo sort of filling in the gaps. He'll have his like inefficient games, his really good games. Terry Rose does that as well, but way more spectacularly, <laughs> and he doesn't muff dunks. Can't muff him up if you don't try him. Isn't that right, Terry? Uh, also, they should be thankful they signed um, Plumley, Mason Plumley. Oh, Mason Jar Plumley. Looks like my youngest brother. Uh, plays better basketball than him, though, thankfully. It's given their team a whole new look with Lamelo as well. A little bit more speed, athleticism, actual playmaking from the five when needed sometimes. So, Charlotte, they're sitting pretty at number nine here in these power rankings. Number 10 is the Wizards. They're 11 and 7. They're one game up on the Charlotte Hornets, but. Uh, Trending a little bit different, I feel. Uh, the Wiz, they should be thankful the Lakers took Rusty fucking Westbrook off their hands, all right? Holy shit. Because uh, that worked out pretty well. Tell you that much. Uh, they started out so hot as well. They should be thankful they started out so hot that everybody will kind of look away now while they're mediocre for a bit. But the thing is, we've got enough evidence there that there's like at least the guts of a pretty damn good basketball team there in Washington. You've got vets up and down the roster. You've got young dudes. They get Rui Hachimura back, and they get to- Thomas not Kobe Bryant back. Like They've got another move to make in there that could turn them into real proper, I'm a real bully contender kind of in the East. That's kind of just sitting there. I don't know what the move is, though. And this is the problem. Trades are tricky, and you look around the league right now, and everybody basically barred Detroit, Orlando, Houston, the Pelicans, the Spurs, OKC, are basically trying to win. <laughs> everybody else... He's like, yeah, we can win this. Everybody else is like, nah, we're good. But what's the move for the Wiz? Is it a Miles Turner? <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, uh, they've got enough sort of little moving parts there. They should be thankful for that because they could make another big move and vault themselves up a little bit. Number 11, I've got the Clippers. Uh, they should be thankful that Kawhi uh, made them trade for Paul George. <laughs> because for all the shit we give Pandemic P... He's been fucking awesome this year. This team even being a playoff contender, they're currently in fifth in the West. They're 10-8, hanging out, 
He's been fucking awesome. Like, this team being a playoff contender while their second best player is Reggie Jackson is fucking incredible. Again, similar to the Washington Wizards, when you've got vets, you've just got like a half-decent like array of NBA basketball players, your floor's not going to be like San Antonio or Houston where you've got like a bunch of young dudes, etc. So the Clippers around Paul George, like, but then they'd sort of be like the sort of scuffle version of... Uh, Paces East, right? You've got a lot of vets on that team, but they just don't have that top-end talent of, ironically, Indiana being Paul George's old home. So the Clippers should be very thankful that Kawhi, uh, before, you know, hurting his knee, had made them trade for Paul George because now they're reaping the benefits of that. Number 12, Boston. Had them lower, but they've been a little bit better of late, you know, apart from, you know, the defense just having turned the corner and then not showing up against Brooklyn yesterday. But they've got to be thankful for... Jason Tatum remembering how to shoot. And also getting Jalen Brown back. So this is one of one of those things like Boston has been talking about scuffle teams so far this season. They're ten and nine. They're in the ten seed in the East, which is hilarious. But their defense has started looking good. And if Tatum remembers how to fucking score efficiently, then they're laughing. And if they get Jalen Brown back, they can see how this works. Off they go, laughing. I'll tell you what, they should also be thankful that average Al Horford decided to like you know, come in in the best shape of the last five years. <laughs> He's crushing it. He and Robert Williams are such a good tandem. It's wild. The Sixers are at number 13. What? Yeah, they are. They're still 10 and 9. For all the shit the Sixers have gone through, they basically they have the same record as Atlanta and Boston, which is hilarious, and they're only like a half game back of the Knicks. Um, but I'm putting them at 13 because they're about to get Embiid back, and they should be more than thankful for Tyrese Maxey because the future, I'll tell you what, looks a lot fucking better for the Sixers, sans Ben Simmons, if you've got an absolute gun like Tyrese Maxey in his place, right? If he wasn't so good, if Tyrese Maxey wasn't a fucking weapon, you'd be panicking. You'd be shitting bricks if you're a Sixers fan or if you're Daryl Morey. But now, you've got Maxey there. You've got Matty T there. You've got George Niang as well. Uh, but Maxey's just sort of like sitting there, Maxey's sitting there just basically filling in for Simo, going great guns, crushing it. They bring back Embiid, hopefully, from COVID this weekend. And away the Sixers go. It's going to be fascinating to see how the next 20 games, so basically the next quarter of the season, as long as Embiid stays healthy, like who knows what's going to happen with the Sixers, but they're sitting pretty because Maxi's been so bloody good, and it means they don't have to panic trade Simo for nothing. So, yeah, pretty thankful for that. Number 14, the Lakers. The Lakers. The Lakers stink. Yeah, and they should be thankful that LeBron is the best 37-year-old basketball player ever. <laughs> Holy shit. Because they need him to be the glue that keeps his fucking paper mache popsicle stick roster together, right? Like, because AD's definitely not fucking doing it. Oh, man, I've been battling like a fever and shit. Is it for more cowbell, AD? Uh, Rusty's definitely not doing it. I mean, between Rusty, AD, and LeBron, like, their next best play has basically been Mallow. And talk about old-ass motherfuckers. Like... This roster is such a weird mashup. And people are like, oh, it's okay, man. LeBron will just trade everybody before the deadline. It's like, who's he got left to trade? Nobody. They're all on like one-year deals apart from THT. And he's like their one young asset. He came back, looked amazing, and then fell off a fucking cliff almost straight away. But it's okay. Kendrick Nunn's back soon. Oh, it's okay. They can rely on Malik Monk. Uh, Malik Monk, the opposite of reflex. You can never rely on him. 15 is the Portland Trailblazers. They should be thankful that they played the Lakers because uh, they're the magic elixir. Everybody plays the Lakers and then something gets better. Uh, Dame found his shot straight after. He's been smashing it. So basically, they should be thankful that Dame has gotten great again 
Uh, their entire season basically hinges on Dame coming out now and just fucking laying waste to everybody. Because, I mean, this is sort of pointing nowhere for Portland, right? Unless Dame just takes even like a little bit more of a step up, CJ joins him. And you do see them when they're both on song together. The Blazers look incredible. Norm will be doing stuff. Nurk's crushing stuff. It's awesome. Covington goes off. You've even got, like, they should be thankful their young dudes are, like, coming along as well. And to see a little and Anthony Simons, etc. But at the same time, like, you sort of look at this roster and go, all right, what's the end game? You know? What's the end of phase? What was that phase? Was that phase three for the Marvel? I don't know. Um... But what's the end game? Are we going to win a title with this team? You look at it and go, probably not. So what do you do then? But either way, look, they should be thankful that Dame is still there and he hasn't demanded a trade yet. 16, the Hotlanta Hawks. They should be thankful. Look, and this this is shit, and I don't mean it this way. Uh, they should be thankful for the DeAndre Hunter injury, right? Like, I love DeAndre Hunter. You know that DeAndre fucking Hunter. Love it. Love him. But they've won six on the trot now, and it's all because they have less dudes. And you know, if you've listened to the show this season, you know I've been fucking harping on this from the start. Too many dudes. You got too many dudes on that team. Depth is well and good, but there's a limit. Because then suddenly you hit like a breaking point of I've got too many dudes to fit into the amount of minutes we can play and have them play effectively. So you don't want injuries, but they should be thankful that they've come to the realization, shit, we are much better if we are just... One of the people on our roster isn't playing. It all just fits a little bit better. So I'm just saying, keep an eye out for an Atlanta trade. Oh, yes, AMP. They're going to move some dudes to make this click. Uh, well, it's already clicked. But the thing is, what do they do next? Because DeAndre will be out for two months. He'll be back at some point. Just saying. Number 17, the New York Knickerbockers of New York City. They should be thankful. Emmanuel Quickly and uh, Obi Toppin. Ain't no stopping. Obi Toppin. Because it's uh, definitely not their off-season moves that they should be thankful for. Uh, which have... I don't want to say backfired spectacularly, but I mean, at least with Reggie Bullock and Alfred Payton last year, they could go, fuck it, we're a defensive team. That's our vibe. That's what we're going to do. You can't do that with Evan, don't Google me, Fournier, and Kemba, no knees, Walker. So they bring those dudes in. It's like, oh, it's okay. We won't go and worry about defense. We'll just juice our offense. Well, that hasn't really happened. So you're sort of stuck in this weird netherworld, but at least you've got Emmanuel Quickly... He comes in, kicks some ass. You're like, oh, he's awesome. And then the same goes for Obi Toppin. The thing is, the Knicks are going to be sitting there going, fucking please, please, Tibbs, figure out how to play them more. Like, quickly can be turnover prone. Obi has some just weird defensive laps, defensive lapses, but play him some more. Like, you just need to juice this somehow, Knicks. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Fournier and Kemba, it really did feel like they had not watched either of those dudes play in his past. And I'm not going to say I'm not reveling in it. Number 18, the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, they should be thankful for Ant-Man. Just fucking putting his nuts on dude's foreheads on the court. Uh, dude is a high wire act. I love him. And there's a great, great shot of Ant-Man putting Gabe Vincent in the ground yesterday with that insane dunk that caught a charge. And again, if you're a ref and you see that happen, don't call a charge. Don't be a dickhead. What are you doing? Dickhead of the week, that ref. Um, but the thing is, you can see all that crowd in the background realize what's happening as it's happening. Because they see Ant-Man get the ball on the perimeter, a tiny hint of space in front of him, get ahead of steam, and they're just like, oh, here it comes! And they all get on their feet. They're all, like, losing their shit. 
as he buries poor Gabe Vincent into the ground. Absolutely awesome. And so, look, the Wolves and the Wolves fans have got to be so thankful for that because I'll tell you what, the rest of that fucking roster is a shonky weirdo mess of unrealized talent and upside and whatever the fuck Carl Anthony Towns is. Because he doesn't know. Am I a point guard? Am I a, am I a wing bro? It's like, no. Carl, you're even a mate. You're probably one of the best big men shooters ever. But can you give us something else, bro, too? Anyway, but at least the fans there in uh, Minnesota get Ant-Man. They should be very thankful for that because he's awesome. 19 Toronto! Um, they should be thankful that they followed their convictions and ignored the noise and the idiots like me who were like, Scotty Barnes. Why would I just take Scotty Barnes at number four? Instead of Jalen Suggs, man, he's right there. Uh, he's not perfect, but he might be perfect for this team, if that makes sense, you know? Because he fits so well that it's fucking crazy. And, like, once Toronto, I think, this season actually get everybody back and acclimated and rolling, Toronto, along with, like, the Sixers in the back, and the Bucks, obviously, in the back half of this season, I'm just saying, keep an eye open. Um, because, like, you've still got Siakam. You've still got Fred Van Vliet with the fight and Van Vliet. You've got a, just one of the gun rookies out there in Scotty B. And you've got a pretty dangerous roster. It's not as deep as it has been in the past, but... They're a dangerous smoky, so the Raptors should be uh, very, 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 very thankful they uh, just went fuck it and drafted the the dude they wanted. Uh, number 20, the Grizz. They should be thankful for Ja Morant because he's like the superstar that the Grizz have always wanted, always needed, and never had. And I love him. Now they just also need to remember that there's a defensive end of the floor that you're also meant to play in a basketball game. Uh, but for the moment, they should be thankful that Ja Morant's a fucking just insane Amazing talent, and he's on their team. The Nuggets are at 21. Brutal. Uh, this is a tough one because Denver haven't been that bad. They're now 9-9, nine and nine, though, and they've lost five in a row. The Joker incident happens. They lose, they've lost MPJ. He's off in fucking Florida getting, like, second uh, opinions on his fucked back, and that's, oh, look, I'll just check. Is that a good thing? Oh, no, it's fucking not. Of course not. So, yeah, not great. Uh, they just lose PJ Dozier as well to an ACL. We've still got no damage on Omari. Look, at least they can be thankful for Joker playing his ass off and being amazing because that's going to keep their heads above water for the rest of the season. But it's going to put a lot of fucking mileage on him, and it's just pretty brutal. They can also be thankful that everyone gets to focus on what happens when they play Miami again and uh, not their massacrated basketball team. Number 22! Cleveland! You better believe it. The number, uh, they should be thankful that Evan Mobley dropped the three because, god damn, does he make their team A, better, and B, more importantly, uh, he's that good that he makes their team make sense almost no matter who's on the fucking floor with him, which is amazing. Make it make sense. It's like a fucking bloody Talking Heads concept album or something. Uh, Stop making sense, that was that, right? Jonathan Demi. Um, Anyway, Cleveland, Cleveland take Evan Mobley and they go out and go, fuck it, we'll start Colin Sexton next to Darius Rudy, Judy Garland and, like, go the throw Jared Allen and Mobley and it fucking worked. Like, that's insane. It makes zero sense, but it kind of does because Mobley is that fucking good. He's like, you know, fucking KG 2.0 at this point. He does a little bit of everything and he does it all well. It's unreal. So good on you, Cleveland. Cleveland! 
You did the damn thing. Okay, see you at 23. Uh, they should be thankful for Josh Giddy and Josh Giddy's beautiful mane of beautiful hair. Uh, and also for drafting a teenager who just joined LaMelo and LeBron. Should he be like LaJosh? Yeah, LaJosh. LaJosh Giddy uh, is the only teenagers to rack up 100 assists and 100 rebounds in their first 20 NBA games. So, okay, she, C should be thankful that uh, they have a teenage rookie who just joined some pretty fucking exclusive company. So, good on your OKC, you bastards who stole my beloved Seattle Supersonics. Uh, India at 24, they should be thankful for their amazing City Edition uniforms, where so other teams sort of uh, screwed the pooch, handed in their homework late, very clearly half-assed. Indies look amazing. Because uh, everything else about this team fucking blows chunks at the moment. Um, I mean, they fall apart against the Lakers. They probably should have won that game, obviously, with the Duarte call. Uh, but... I, could, I guess they could be thankful that it feels very inevitable that change almost has to be coming because despite my and probably your feelings that their games should complement each other, Miles Turner and Demarnus the Suvlaki King Sabonis somehow managed to defy all conventional logic and just don't kind of work that well together. So far. Maybe Carlisle worked this out. I just don't know. It feels like something's going to break. Uh... TJ Bubble MJ Warren, who knows when the fuck he's going to be back. I feel like he's just kind of gone, yeah, nah, I'm good. <laughs> I don't want to play anymore. Just hanging out. But Indy, they should be thankful for those amazing uniforms and that they've been almost bad enough that they have to, it's forcing them to make a change. 25, the Kings, exact same vibe. Uh, they, they should be thankful that it got so bad they fired Luke Walton. Maybe no one else will ever spew everywhere on the court again. Maybe. It is the Kings. Don't rule it out. Uh, they finally got their dead coach bounce win as well, which was nice yesterday against Portland. But yeah, the Kings, they should be thankful that it's gotten so bad they've had to make a change. Walton's out the door. What's next? Ben Simmons, 26, uh, Orlando. I've actually got Orlando a little bit higher than I thought I would because I kind of keep hitting on this. They're sneakily okay when Cole Anthony's playing. So they should be thankful that Cole Anthony is cool as fuck and pretty good at basketball because the rest of this team just... Fucking kills me. Suggs is a bit of a rookie mess, same as Jalen uh, Green. But and the rest of Orlando, like Franz, Wagner, like there's kind of nice little nuggets there now. Johnny Isaac eventually comes back. Orlando should be thankful that Colin Anthony's out there. Uh, we need him back, though. He's been out the last couple of games, and they fucking stink without him. The Pelicans are at 27. They should be thankful they're getting Zion back. Maybe. At some stage. Right? Are they? Fuck. I don't know. <laughs> they should probably be lower now. Uh, they should be thankful that there's plenty of folks in Seattle who will happily take their team off their hands if need be. 28, San Antonio Banderas. They should be thankful that they drafted DeJunte Murray a couple of years ago. What was he, 27, 29? Because um, he's amazing. He's going to look incredible next to, like, Paolo Banchero or... Uh, it, who's like got the perfect name for San Antonio and the perfect game as well, or Chet Holmgren, whoever the Spurs end up like drafting. And also, if fucking Pop realizes they've got an absolute weapon in Jock Landau sitting on the bench and not don't waste him like they did for fucking years and years and years of Patty Mills, they'll be thankful for that as well. But having Dejounte Murray, the rest of this roster, maybe it'll sort of come good. But geez, this is the year to tank for one of those uh, couple of top prospects. Add them next to Dejounte. Jock Landau, off you go. 29, the Detroit 
Basketball Pistons, they should be thankful that at least they're not as bad as the Detroit Lions. And number 30, Houston, they should be thankful for Jalen Green's hair? Kevin Porter Jr.'s hair? There's not much else. Maybe John Wall's a really good Thanksgiving Day cook or something. I don't fucking know. Not much there to be thankful. At least they should be thankful that Christian Wood? Question? Nah, nothing. <laughs> they fucking stink. All right, let's take a quick break. Be back with some very, very brief ENRs, and then we'll preview the weekend, then we'll get out of here. Right, all right, let's do that. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Elliot. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. Alright, let's do some Yenars. They're brought to you by the DailyLiquor.com from East Ninth Brewing. If you're in Melbourne, it's party time. Getting warm. Getting towards Chrissy. Off you go. So go check out the DailyLiquor.com. Bring the bottle over to you. They've got wines, they've got cocktails, they've got beeros coming out the nose. It's all going on over at the DailyLiquor.com. And if you're banging the code Strayer, they'll give you a free six-up. How good is that? Melbourne metro area, you get same-day delivery if you order before noon. So smash the DailyLiquor.com right now. Off you go. Get a free six on your mate, Jimmy, with the code straight out. Right, we've got a couple of Yenars uh, just from Matty Owers. I told you this would be a quick one today. Yeah, nah, number one, Jimmy, jumping on the Golden, Stra- uh, Golden State train. If they win the title this year, it will be their greatest achievement. Considering they've kept the team together, Curry, Clay, Draymond, and Iggy's back. When others, the Cavs, the Rockets, the Raps, have traded and gone downhill. Yeah, nah, I actually really, really love this. Because it is one of those things where uh, you don't see a giant amount of continuity and consistency in the NBA, right? Like, this is the flip side for player empowerment. You've got Kawhi. (laughs) And Paul George fucking off to, like, the Clippers and sort of abandoning other good teams, and it sort of just keeps chopping and changing. Meanwhile, Golden State, they have an amazing run that lasts five years. They lose, you know, KD bounces, gets hurt and then bounces. Clay gets hurt and then gets hurt again. Steph is dealing with an injury. It kind of gives them like a little bit of a two-year gap couple of years, right? Let's Draymond get a bit healthier, not play as much. They bring back Iggy. Clay goes off, uh, you know, the IR, comes in. Hopefully he'll like give them another sh- fucking boost. Who knows what can happen? And Curry is back to his MVP self. Um, it might If they win it this year, it's very much on par with like, Winning in 2015, isn't it? Like, if not better. Because, like, fuck the 2017 and 18 titles. Because that's fucking bringing in KD is just cheating, basically. But if they're just doing this with, like, the likes of Andrew Wiggins and Belly... And don't get me wrong, Wiggins has been fucking awesome. Belly Belitza, JTA, one, there's only one Toscano, and Jordan Poole, Damian Leonco. I think it would be their greatest achievement. And you know Steve Kerr would probably love this one more than anything. Yeah. Uh, Matty Oz has got another one. Yeah, nah, number two. Trades are overrated, giving the Warriors success. Yeah, nah. Uh, I think in-season trades are overrated, yeah. Uh, because they tend to always be, right? It's r- weirdly rare for like an in-season trade to end up in a title. But um, 
off-season ones do, though, right? Like, you had, what, Giroud trade last year for the Bucks, uh, trade for AD. The Lakers end up winning a trade for Kawhi. <laughs> and the Raptors win. It's one of those weird ones, like, because otherwise, like, Golden State, they were the homegrown team that also signed KD. But without KD, they still won 73 fucking games in 2016. They just didn't have, I mean, your man Draymond goes and boots LeBron in the balls and gets booed and they all fall apart. But still, like LeBron signs with Cleveland. They do trade for Kevin Love. But that's again before the start of the season. You know? That season, 2015. Anyway, the Spurs, they drafted and, well, half drafted, half traded for Kawhi back in the olden days. The Mavs brought back Jay Kidd. They win the title in 2011. LeBron goes to Miami, obviously, but that's uh, one of those ones where it's a sign-and-trade technically, but you get it's into uh, cap space, so it's for a couple of uh, second-rounders. There's the Gasol trade that prompts the uh, second Kobe Lakers run. You've got the KG Ray Allen trade, obviously. The Spurs were always pretty homegrown, obviously. So in terms of like actual in-season trades, yeah, I always feel like they're a bit overrated. We all fucking turn ourselves into this giant tizzy about like crazy shit going on. Who's going to go where by the trade deadline? And then the actual results of those trades aren't, uh, you know, the fucking universe-shaking ones you'd expect. This year might be a little bit different if, I don't know, like Philly are absolutely rolling, then they flip Ben Simmons and they get two pieces back that help push them over the top or something. That could be exactly what happens. The Lakers, who knows? They might fucking just have enough with Rusty Westbrook and move him for something, and maybe that clears it all out. But, yeah, trades are a little bit... In-season trades are a bit overrated, but I think building your team in the off-season with your big acquisitions to give yourself enough time to plan for a season for your coaching staff to sort of get acclimatized as well, right? Like they need to be able to plan and think about how shit might work a little bit better. So yeah, trades are a bit weird, a bit overrated. Um, Speaking of which, I'm by the opinion of the day. Now look at me, please. Look at me, look at me, look at me. Thanksgiving Day uh, is not the unpopular opinion, but Turkey is the unpopular opinion. Fucking wildly overrated, if you ask me. I'm going to eat this thing that makes me feel sleepy. All right, cool. How tasty is it? Oh, it's fairly-ish. Is it as good as chicken? Oh, kind of. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's why it's great for Thanksgiving. But the point is, Thanksgiving Day itself. Like, this is one of my... I've said this on the NFL show as well. Love it. Absolutely loved it for the years and years and years we lived in the States. Always a great time of year. It's getting cold. Everyone's getting rugged up. You do your family thing. Uh, we were lucky enough that all mates' family came and visited for a couple of times over Thanksgiving, so we got to do all that. You know, where our apartment was, we could easily see the uh, wander over and go check out the parade and shit. It was awesome. And a lot of the food that they trot out is fucked. <laughs> There's no ways around it. It's like, here's turkey and some cranberry sauce. You're like, all right, cool. And then you're like, scallop potatoes. Awesome. And then everybody sort of lays out like all this other stuff. And you're like, it changes from family to family. Everybody has different traditions. And like 75% of it is fucking wild and weird and shit. <laughs> I love it. but And like, that's it. It just basically turns into a big family thing. And it's a bit of comfort food. So what are you going to do? All right. Outback takeouts real quick too. Ooh. 
it's Friday at our back, and you know what that means? Oh, it's Thanksgiving, so we've got a turkey day special. Uh, four for one TGIF Foster's oil drum cans to go with your turkey. Uh, we had a couple of gobbles out the back, smashed them. They're up on there. We deep fried these fuckers just like you like them. Off you go. Have a couple of Fosters with them. It's Australian for beer. I mean, horse piss. I mean, beer. Fuck, shut up. Only at Outback. Today's Flame Grill take is Thanksgiving is wildly overrated. All the food's fucking shit makes you sleepy. Only at Outback. Also, the Rockets should be made to play John Wall, right? Doesn't this feel a bit fucky? Like, the league came out and made the Pelicans play Anthony Davis. Oh, it's for the fans, man. And they're completely fucking silent on old man Frittata, who they gave a bunch of the fucking, like, bubble uh, contracts for all the food and all that sort of shit. They're fine with him paying John Wall to not play. Get the fuck out of here. What a crock of shit that is. All right. Uh, let's be back with the uh, weekend preview right after this one. Who are we going to hear from? Let's hear from... Let's hear from Hammer. This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, time for a bit of a Patty Mills Game Day Bullet Game Day Twitter check-in. Uh, this is actually just a Josh Giddy check-in. Um, Josh Giddy with that 100, uh, you know, the stat about him joining LeBron and LaMelo. There's just a million fucking, like, Instagram posts from uh, his teammates. Jumping around that as well. SGA, uh, Dort, a whole bunch of folks just saying that he's elite and awesome. Jeremiah Earl Robinson and shit. Jingling Joe Ingles is sending him a fucking jersey. It's awesome. So go check out Josh Giddy's uh, Insta. The best part was, though, I believe, he just posted a photo of himself and his beautiful fucking hair uh, <laughs> just hanging out in the dark and eight ball. You're like, ah, okay. Love it. Josh Giddy, what a legend. All right. Let's do some game previews for the entire weekend. Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, Inverton Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. Excited for the weekend? You better believe it. Going to go see some fans tonight, hang out, drink some tins. Got pub cricket on Sunday. Drink some tins. <laughs> Gee, is there like a... Uh, there's a bit of a combo going on here, Jimmy. What do you reckon? Anyway, um, so what else we got? We've got 12 games tomorrow. Uh, which is not quite as many as there were yesterday, but still, it's a lot. Pistons are Clippers. I'm going the Clippers 11.5-point favourites. The Pistons are a rabble on the road, no dice. I think the Clippers just kick the shit out of them. Look, the Pistons can play teams pretty close sometimes, but really, it's at home if Cade's going off. The Clippers, I think, will use this as a bit of an opportunity to uh, really beat up on somebody. And I reckon this will be a big, big blowout. Give me the Clippers minus 11.5. Phoenix, they go to New York on a 14-game win streak. I'm taking the Knickerbockers of New York City plus three and a half here. I think they're one of the weird teams where they're hard-nosed, they're gritty. CP3 is going to be playing in front of his old agent and a whole bunch of like, you know, CP3 goes to MSG. I think the Knicks can make this really, really close. And I think they might even win it. Uh, if Tibbs, you know, a couple of days to prepare, tries to figure out how to shut down Phoenix offensively a little bit, give me the Knicks plus three and a half. I think Phoenix are a much better team. They're the number one team in the power rankings, and I turn around saying they're going to lose to the Knicks. But I think the Knicks are at least cover, if not win outright. So I'll take the Knicks plus three and a half. That's going to be an awesome game, though. Uh, Minnesota, they go to Charlotte. 
fascinating game. This one, the number one and number two picks. You got Ant Man versus Lamelo. I'm taking the Ant Man plus two and a half. Minnesota. I'm worried for Charlotte how they're going to defend Minnesota. Like Minnesota, a day off, they sort of take these weird little breaks. They come back super hyper focused and kick the shit out of teams. So I'll take them against Charlotte. The Hornets are a little bit the other way. Like they've won a bunch of games in a row. They're looking good. And that's exactly when you can't trust Charlotte. <laughs> They'll fall apart. Uh, so I'll take Minnesota. Chicago, they go to Orlando. This is the Vooch Revenge game. Uh, so Vooch is all fired up to play Orlando, his old team. He's like, yes, they said they wouldn't trade me, then they tried me, but they I don't hold any grudge. Smash cut to him dropping 40 and 20. Uh, Chicago minus 11 and a half over Orlando. Take that in a heartbeat. Okay, see, they host Washington. The Thunder are six and a half point underdogs at home. I'm going to take that. OKC play teams real tough, really tight, especially at home. I'll take the Thunder plus six and a half. They'll keep that tight. Washington will probably win, but OKC will make them work. Atlanta, they're one and a half point underdogs in Memphis. I'm taking Atlanta because they're a very well-rounded team, as we've just talked about. They're one six on the trot. Memphis's defense cannot be relied upon at all. They're the opposite of reflex, i tell you that. Whereas Atlanta, I think they can sort of just give them enough and uh, one and a half point underdogs. Give me that. Toronto, a four and a half point underdogs in Indy. I'm taking Toronto because Indy, rabble. A bit of a rabble. Toronto, I just think they're a better team. And getting four and a half points, fuck yeah. Boston, they go to San Antonio. Three and a half point favorites in San Antonio. Uh, this is the point where I jump off the San Antonio. They're still pretty good, man. They, they keep teams to Nah, against half decent teams, they just get their ass kicked. So Boston minus three and a half against San Antonio. New Orleans, they go to Utah. I think this is the team. Uh, Utah, look, they were very scrappy, very just gross and weird. They needed Donnie Mitchell to save them the other day against OKC. I think they take care of the Pelicans. They'll be the Pelicans tomorrow. 11 and a half point favorites to the Jazz. I'll take that. Milwaukee, they go to Denver. They're three and a half point favorites in Denver. That makes zero sense to me. Denver, they've just lost PJ Dozier. It's like a fucking walking mash unit. Milwaukee, they're coming good. I'm taking the Bucks minus three and a half in a heartbeat. Golden State, they host Portland. This is going to be awesome. You got Dame versus Steph. The Warriors are six and a half point favorites, and I kind of like it. Their defense is just so good that it can really worry a team like the Blazers, right? Where the Blazers just don't have any size on the perimeter. Golden State will be able to uh, stymie them a bit, and I think they take care of them pretty handily. So six and a half point favorites, give me the Warriors. And then finally tomorrow, Sacramento at the Lakers. The Lakers, it seems like AD is ready to go for this one. They're seven and a half point favorites, the Lakers. And I think this is one of those weird games where Sacramento put the scare of God into the Lakers, which happens time and time again with this Lakers team. So I'll take Sacramento plus seven and a half. Uh, they might not win, but I think the Lakers just eke this one out by about six. Sunday from 10 a.m., we've got Minnesota going to Philly on a back-to-back. I'm going to take the Philadelphia 71, 2, 3, 4, 5, sixes, because Embiid will hopefully be back for that one. New York City go to the Atlanta Hawks. So Atlanta on a back-to-back. New York on a back-to-back. It's a really tricky one. I think I'll take Atlanta on that one. Um, it's a weird game, that, with uh, both teams on back-to-backs. Atlanta traveling back from Memphis. New York traveling from New York to Atlanta. I just think Atlanta will have a little bit too much to them. Brooklyn host Phoenix. Phoenix on a back-to-back. I think, having lost in against the Knicks the day before, according to my predictions... I think Phoenix will drop another one, another one and Brooklyn win this one. So give me Brooklyn. Cleveland, they host Orlando. I'll take the Cavs because uh, Orlando on a back-to-back. Give me Cleveland. Miami, they go to Chicago. That'll be a belter. You know, that's a Jimmy Butler revenge game against his old team. I'll take Miami. Uh, Charlotte, they go to Houston. Give me the Hornets in a heartbeat because Houston suck. 
Dallas hosts Washington. I'm going to take Luca and the Supercharged Zinger. Um, Dallas hosting Washington. That's like one of the perfect teams, I think, for uh, Dallas. Yeah. Just watch out for that one. Utah, they host New Orleans again. Two games back-to-back. That's awesome. I'll take the Jazz again. Monday from 7.30 in the morning, we're at Clippers Warriors. That's awesome. Better be up early for that one, bro. Uh, I'll take the Warriors. Golden State. Yeah, over the Clips. Oh, I just think they're a better team. Milwaukee, they go to Indiana. I'll take the Bucks as well. Boston, they go to Toronto. Tricky one. They played some weird games this season. I'll take Boston in this one. Sacramento, they go to Memphis. Uh, Sacramento, not a team known for their D. Memphis will win that one then, so give me Memphis. And finally, the Lakers play the Detroit basketball. Pistons and the Lakers will win that because Detroit are not good. (laughs) They don't have too much to be thankful for. All right, that's it. Done. Good week, fun week. Pretty chill day today. I enjoyed that. Um, With that in mind, I think we'll finish off with a uh, old cooking with Bainesy. Yeah, I've just run out of time. We'll get this one up. Yeah. Either way, we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, make sure you're following NBA's Twitter on Twitter, Face the IG. Or maybe we should... Yeah, we'll do a cooking with Bainesy. Bit an oldie one. Uh, check us out, Twitter, Face the IG. We're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, chopping it up each week about the NFL. Adam with World Wrestling Australia. His finale was awesome. Go check that out over on YouTube. His finale for this season. He'll be back pretty soon. But go check out his uh, workout over on Twitter as well. FWCIE on Twitter. Uh, SmashNBAAustralia.com slash shop. If you uh, do that now, I'll still try to get it to you before Chrissy. Uh, get your merch, get your merch. Check us a rating review on your podcast app. Help us out, would you? <clears throat> That's all I ask for. Manscaped.com. Use the code Stray. Get 20% off and free shipping. The Daily Liquor. Use the code Stray. Get a free six on your mate Jimmy and Knowable. Download that from the App Store. Get smart today and get 20% off with the code Strayer as well. Love it. All right. Big thanks to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Also, huge thanks have to go to Joshua Delorentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. All right. So we'll finish up with a uh, classic cooking with Bainesy. And we'll catch you on Monday, you dickheads. Have a good weekend, would ya? I know I will. Uh, this is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would ya? And later, hosen. with Bainesy is filmed in front of a live socially distanced audience. And now it's time for Cooking with Bainesy with your host, Aaron Bangers Baines! <laughs> alright, alright. <laughs> G'day. Oh, it's good to see the smattering of you here in this studio. This is amazing. It's nice to see you're all wearing your face mask and you're all socially distanced. Oh, that's beautiful it is. But the best part is this is Cooking with Baines and I'm your host, Aaron Bangers Baines. And look, in this here very special socially distanced episode, I'm going to get you to whip up an absolute treat. That's right. It's one of my all-time Aussie favourites. You can have it whenever. It's probably the best slab of meat you'll ever bloody eat. Because that's right. 
It's the secret bangers brisket Barbie Bonanza. Straight out of Texas. You little ripper. Texas, Australia, I'll tell you what. That's right, I love me a big old slab of brisket cooked up on the Barbie for about eight years. Oh, in this case, about eight hours. And it's oozy as, mate. You might think it's a bit complicated, but there's nothing less complicated than just cooking some meat. And if you really do it properly and get all your sides bang on, it'll help you keep up this physique, you know what I'm talking about. All right, so let's get stuck in. It is bloody simple, mate. All you gotta do is go down to your butcher, ask him for his best bit of brisket. You might have to call ahead or even ask him, just walk past a few days beforehand, whatever. It's bloody worth it. Get the best brisket you can. Then you duck over to the soupy, get your gear for your spice mix. Now, this is banger spice mix. Brown sugar, paprika, onion, garlic, salt, some mustard, some cumin, and a bit of black pepper. And you're laughing. Get some gear for your sauce. You need some vinegar, some ketchup, or as I call it, tomato sauce, Worcestershire sauce, garlic, and some of those spices. Just toss them in. Go fucking mad. Now, get some uh, sides. Load up with your sides at the soupy. Some green beans, some mac and cheese, a thing, oh, Carl Slaw. Plenty of potatoes to get more whip than my mate Simo when he was with that Kardashian. There you go. Now, fire up your barbie. Get her up to a nice even 120. Look, you can use charcoal. You can use gas. It doesn't bloody matter. If you're using charcoal, throw in some tasty, you know, wood chips in there for some smoky flavour if you want. I personally don't give a fuck, mate. You can just chuck it on the grill. Just... Gas, doesn't matter, mate. Just, uh, now, mix your spices together. Mix them all up. There you go. Now rub them in all over your brisket. Now, some people like to cut the fat back. You can just leave it on. Doesn't matter. Just rub it all in nice and even like you massage them. A big mate bogey's hammy after a big game. Oh, he gets you to do it. It's fucking gross. Oh. I'll tell you what. But anyway, let us sit there for a bit if you want after you've rubbed that all in. Nice looking, uh, tasty, big slab of meat. Leave it, you know, half an hour to an hour, whatever. She's right there. Bang her on. Just bang her on the barbie. Close the lid. Bit of foil underneath it. And away you go. Let that bastard cook for eight to ten hours. Simple. I mean, in the meantime, just keep an eye on the temperature. Crack a slab. Check the internal temperature of the meat every so often. Water around 75 degrees once she's cooked. Neck a bunch of tins. Watch some footy. Then with about an hour until she's good, get to work on your sides. Whip your potatoes. Cook your greens. Your mac and cheese. Dump your coleslaw out. Put it all on some nice little plates so it all looks nice and neat. It'll look special as rip the brisket out, sit here for an hour, bang. Bob's your bloody uncle. Look at this, just, oh, I'm just slicing open. Look at that bloody brisket. That is bloody mouth-watering, that is. Mate, you can put it on sliders or you can just eat it raw, dog. It doesn't matter. I'm going to slice this up, put it on a plate. Bob's your bloody Barbie-loving uncle. It is awesome. My friends, this is an absolute bloody ripper of a bangers brisket Barbie bonanza. It is delicious. And it'll dead set impress all your mates and all the Sheilas. Don't you worry about that. All right, so <laughs> just getting stuck in. This is bloody delicious. Do it at home yourselves. You'll have heaps left over to take to work for lunch. Whatever, mate. You will love it. Just look how bloody... Look, I've cooked enough of all of you, so you're going to love it. There you go. All right, tune in next week to NBA Australia for a new recipe, and we will see you then on the next episode of Cooking with Bainsey.